Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars, my monologue from me to you, Star Wars fans. Guys, we're still talking about Rogue One. We're still talking about it, and I think that was very much by design. Tinfoil hat, conspiracy theory, cynical side. Uh, This week, Entertainment Weekly had a great article, great pictures. We're going to talk about it here. Diving into Rogue One, giving us a, a really good first official extended look at the movie outside of the teaser trailer we already have. And I think this was by design. I think... I have no proof, but I think this was in response to the uh, 40% reshoots and all those kind of talks and some of the the previous leaks. Uh, A lot of these film companies and these studios and these pictures, they... um they're, uh, you know, they don't want to get on there. They, they don't like these leaks. That's why a lot of them are pulling out of San Diego Comic-Con this year. Uh, you're not going to see as much there because uh, of the leaks. People with their phones, uh, stuff gets out. Uh, people in the uh, line, you know, a lot of these things, it's not like J.J. Uh, Abrams is sitting there editing uh, the, the trailers for Force Awakens. Someone has to do it. A company's hired. People are hired. There's PAs, there's interns, there's receptionists, office managers. Uh, a lot of people touch these things and the leaks happen. This is a day and age where that information is valuable and worth something. So I think this, to me, at least, to me, this is an editorial. Uh, that uh, this this Entertainment Weekly Rogue One stuff was a bit of a battle back against some of uh, the the negative stories. And I say negative because it just it turned out that way. These reshoot stories emerged, and we all, as fans and pundits and podcasters and broadcasters and writers and and bloggers, turned it into more of a negative story. Uh, you still get well, you know, Gareth Edwards. I didn't like Godzilla, so I knew this was going to happen. You know, and all of it I think has some grain of truth, and a lot of it is uh, fantastical um, uh, reporting in our own minds of what we think we know. Uh, I, for one, am not still not overly worried of the reshoot 
suits and all the stuff like, like I, I've talked about before, but I definitely now am back on the excited train. So if this was, in fact, what Disney and Lucasfilm intended to do with getting the story out there for Entertainment Weekly, uh, I think it's done its job. And I don't think uh, Entertainment Weekly or anyone's going to confirm that this was uh, uh, a story to combat that. Uh, they'll say, no, we had this planned all along, I'm sure. That's how you know it's a conspiracy. Uh, they're all in on it. Uh, but normally these type of EW spreads uh, come a little bit closer to the uh, movie. And so with uh, Rogue One being released in December, of course, this to me seems like it would be more in the in the Entertainment Weekly Fall preview or around that time. This uh, midsummer seems rather earlier. Uh, of course, they could be gearing up for Star Wars Celebration um, in London soon, so maybe uh, they want to get out ahead of that as well and give us a taste and get us excited for it. And there, to me, is a lot to be excited about Rogue One. Uh, close to 20 pictures, I do believe, or over 20 pictures, were released for uh, Rogue One, and they confirm a lot of things uh, and uh, shed light on some other things, and I love every one of the pictures. I'm sliding through them right now. Uh, the Death Troopers uh, look fantastic. They're all, they all look tall and lanky to me, which is interesting. Maybe that's you got to be a certain build to get into them. Uh, I love uh, Donnie Yen's character, uh, Sherrit Mway. Sherut Mway, I believe is what we're calling him. Um, the blind warrior monk. We're learning more about him. Um, not a Jedi, but I've, I've read somewhere he, he does have, uh, you know, uh, faith in the Force. Oh, I'm reading it right. Reading it somewhere. It's in this damn article. Ken, you're an idiot. Uh, does his faith in the Force somewhat help, somehow help ensure his aim is true because he's blind and he's got a blaster. He's got that wood uh, stick, the staff we've seen. Um, so he's there. You got his, uh, you got, uh, we can now confirm that Diego Luna is Captain Cassian Andor, which I think immediately becomes one of my favorite stars. Wars names. We talked about that earlier in another edition of Spotlight. Star Wars is a great shot of him on the beach. And it was very interesting to me, this article. Now, this is a follow-up on entertainmentweekly.com, EW.com, to the magazine. This is exclusive to the digital uh, story here. Uh, this is slide three of six, if you happen to be looking. Rebel Soldiers Assemble. And it talks kind of openly about how here's here's Captain Cassian Andor. They're they're on the beach alongside rebel soldiers, all of them human. And uh, it says, did those species line up and follow the lead of the humans after the events of Rogue One? Or have we just not seen some of the aliens who will join this battle? Uh, Gareth Edwards says there are at least two background creatures who fight with the squad, but they aren't major characters. So that's interesting to me because that would definitely fit into A New Hope, which, um, again, because of the time it was shot and special effects and all the stuff that Lucas had to work with then compared to now or even compared to the prequels. It was human. It was human actors. It was what you had to do with it at the time. And again, Lucas probably, though he could have dreamed of a, a big Star Wars universe, didn't know what was to become. So um, you see in a lot of other supplemental Star Wars materials, books, comics, animated shows, uh, even Force Awakens. Force Awakens, it was very, very prevalent. Um, beyond just trying to divert, diversify the human cast, it seems that to me in Force Awakens, they very, made it really clear that uh, aliens, alien species are, uh, are fighting for the resistance. 
So I like that this could be addressed, uh, that, that there's something about that the humans were the first to rebel openly, and the, and they were maybe leading the charge. I don't know. It, it could in, in, go into interesting uh, interesting areas uh, if, if the movie addresses that in any way, shape, or form. But it's very clear that they're addressing it in this picture here. And the picture's good. I like the rebels got kind of uh, um, beach tones because this is a lot of this. This is on the beach planet. I don't know if there, we have a name for that yet or if we know really where they are. But you got the palm trees, you got the sea, you got the sand, and you got fallen stormtroopers in this picture too. And the picture just looks, uh, it looks, it looks good. I don't want to say gritty and dark and realistic, but it looks good, man. It looks like a lived-in world. And then you got a shot of uh, uh, Zhang Wen's character, Baz Malbus. Baz Malbus. I love. I love this. Uh, where we're still learning to say that. Say the names. So it's a great time as a Star Wars fan when you're trying to figure it all out. And then sometimes you go your entire life thinking the characters pronounced one way, and then you play Battlefront, and they and the characters called Nine Numb. Instead of Ninum, I, I'm still. That's a whole another show. I'm gonna need Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa around to discuss that one because that just kind of blew my world. Different topic. I digress. So Bay's Malbus is uh, next to a crashed X-wing, very a darker toned X-wing, very almost reminiscent of uh, Poe Dameron's X-wing. Again, it's a it's a lived in shot. It's a lived in world that we're getting here. There, um, the other picture is uh, Jin and Cassian, and it talks openly in this little article, in this little listicle here about uh, in the area and the era, excuse me, of fandom shipping. It's only a matter of time before people start drawing hearts around Jin and Cassian. So uh, interesting. They're implying that, or at least addressing it. So maybe it goes in another direction that we're not expecting there. Uh, again, a good shot there, and uh, uh, everything we. We see of Jin Erso. Uh, just I, I, I love what we got going on here. She just looks like she belongs and at the front and center of this movie too. Then there's a behind the scenes shot of the rebels storming the beach. Looks good. Beach warfare and something new in the Star Wars universe. And you can sync those up with the 16 photos from uh, the Entertainment Weekly on the newsstands now. Um, and there's some great shots there. Uh, audio podcast. I won't go picture by picture, but you get more Death Troopers. You get more um, uh, Jen Urso, Felicity Jones undercover. Um, ben Mendelsohn, and uh, he, he definitely looks he looks like an Imperial. Uh, more beach shots. And then the shot that everyone, uh, I love, I've seen it, the, the stormtroopers in the ocean coming in. Looks, that's something we haven't seen before. And then uh, the death trooper holding the stormtrooper doll or figure is something that's going around. And uh, they say that that's key to the plot. That the key, the key to the plot um, uh, is something to do with you know I'm not I'm sorry not a um, giant key but this is a special significance to the story is this toy soldier this toy uh, stormtrooper that this death trooper is holding interesting stuff K two S O K two S O is um, the Alan Tudyk character and uh, that's a correction again when that story happened earlier we thought it was k250 and then it was uh, no k2so um and that's a security robot and alan tudyk is uh, playing him as motion capture i like it simple design very star wars um and then some behind the scenes stuff there we got the surly pilot played by riz ahmed named Bodie rook i like that star wars name and then uh, it goes through some of the character shots so this is exciting stuff um, it kind of gets you geeked up, right? Gets me geeked up. And, of course, the big reveal was that Forrest Whitaker, 
this is from the article. Forrest Whitaker playing Saw Guerrera, uh, which is a freedom fighter that we are all familiar with. Kind of. I had to dig. If you had just said to me on that day, oh, you know, Forrest Whitaker's playing Saw Guerrera, I would have said, oh, cool, great name. Uh, but, yep, dig it up, Clone Wars, Season 5, excellent storyline. It all started coming back to me. Ah, that's right, he and his sister uh, leading a resistance. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan were there. It was a great little storyline. And if you haven't, check it out, Clone Wars Season 5. And I love it. I love that Forrest Whitaker's character has... Um, has a has a history and that it's and I like that this is to me when new canon we talk about that every week uh, that word canon dear god it just keeps growing and growing and growing now everyone's using a poor Pablo Hidalgo um I love that because you've established this big world this character can show up and he's shown up elsewhere he's mentioned in bloodline he's mentioned in rebels and uh he is also in the ultimate Star Wars uh, uh, visual encyclopedia that came out um, last year during uh, celebrations in Anaheim, so last spring, 2015. And uh, one of the first things I did when this announcement came that, that Forrest Whitaker was saw uh, Guerrera, 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 uh, tired. It's a Friday night late. Sorry, kids. Work with me. I went to this book. I picked up, put, uh, put the ultimate uh, Star Wars, uh, pulled it off the shelf and put it on my bed and looked through it. And sure enough, the character's listed in there. And it does kind of give you a hint that he's got a bigger story to come. It talks about how he was key to the early formation of the Rebellion. It's a little throwaway line. So he's mentioned in Bloodline. He's mentioned in Rebels. We, we all kind of should have seen it coming. I love that, and I love that now uh, every character has a possible weight to the Star Wars story. I actually find that very interesting. Uh, I always consistently, and you understand why, because I'm so big of a fan, but I always draw the parallels to Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, where a character mentioned, um, uh, an example I can give in, in the first book, Game of Thrones, uh, Miri Maz Duel is the... Uh, the mage or the witch that uh, helps uh, heal and essentially kill Cal Drogo. And in st- talking with that character in the first books, she's talking with Jorah Mormont and Daenerys, and she mentions some of her training came from a, a guy named Maribond, a Septon. And Jorah pauses and talks about, oh, it's a Western Septon. That's kind of weird. Well, that character... Maribond, uh, uh, Marwin, Marin, Mormon. Oh, so many names in my head tonight. He factors back in into book four and will probably be factoring into book six, seven, beyond. So that's a little throwaway character. So I love now that you can go through the Star Wars universe and all the books and the comics and even now the movies and find a little something that links back to something else. And you can go back to that first thing and go, ah, we all should have known. We all should have guessed. So I'm very excited that Forrest Whitaker's character has this storyline that's already established. It's already there. It's up to us to go back and look, and even now more can come. Maybe we can get a, a book or a comic on him. Uh, it's going to be an interesting character. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And, of course, uh, the bigger news to come out shortly after this is that we um, can now officially say Darth Vader is back. He will be in this movie. Everyone confirms it. And we now know James Earl Jones will be voicing the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader. 
Very exciting stuff. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody, but it was nice to kind of finally get the big, giant official confirmation in this day and age of rumors and blogs and innuendo. It was good to get it straight out there. And it's exciting. It's exciting. The Vader... The Vader Man is back. And on this week's Movie Fights, we actually pose that as a title fight question of how would you how would you want Darth Vader to return and be in Rogue One? And uh, to a person, everyone answered small doses. No one wanted Vader to uh, be in uh, in this movie full force as the full villain. And I fully agree. I think everyone is kind of agree. I want it obviously more than a cameo, but I like that he has a presence. And we seem to be getting that from Lucasfilm that, hey, this guy... Vader is involved, but Ben Mendelsohn's character, which is the um, uh, Imperial officer, uh, what is his name? I'm, I'm, I gotta, I gotta figure. I gotta go back and look. Orson Krennic, excuse me, Director Orson Krennic is Ben Mendelsohn's character, and he's protecting the security of the Death Star project. So uh, you know, he's, this is a lot. A lot could be riding on him and his job and his survival here. And I like that he is the uh, main villain, or at least appears to be the main villain, and that Vader just kind of is an important but looming and not always present presence that's good. So how do you want Vader back? How do you specifically want Vader back? I'd like to have Vader getting some action. I love what they're doing with Vader and Rebels. It's been some of the best stuff of Rebels. Um, is um, Vader comes in and out. He lets the other guys... Uh, do their work. When they fail, he shows up or shows up to kind of make things, uh, you know, fix things a little bit. That's what I want here. Uh, I would love Vader to be involved in later in the third act. Um, I don't want to hear, hear or see him early, but I want enough there. And I'd like him to be uh, going on. And again, if if this movie takes place, obviously, as we know, just before A New Hope and some of the stories we heard ends and and you know uh, spoiler i guess if you want it but it ends um 10 minutes before the start of new hope it's one of the stories we've heard if that's true then vader has to be in at the end vader has to be there at that point because i still think this has to do a little bit and tie back into the first five minutes of a new hope you have to see the blockade runner you have to see the imperial uh cruiser chasing after him you have to see all that stuff um, whether or not this ends with the plans being beamed up into the possession of Leia, uh, and and maybe it ends with another shot, an alternate angle of the blockade runner, the Tanta Four running away, and Vader's cruiser uh, coming up uh, on the on, from behind. Another take. Could that be? Could they do that in a good way? Is that too cheesy? I don't know. You tell me. But I'd like to see Vader to come back in that way after it all is all has fallen. I'd like to see Krennic and his team be the ones, uh, as it says in the description, responsible for protecting the security of the Death Star project. And I'd like to see them involved. I'd like to see them be the ones doing it. Um, And then uh, Vader comes in, maybe takes someone out. I think Vader needs to kill in this one. I want to see Vader kill. And Rebels, we're finally seeing a, uh, a Vader that we, we, quote, always wanted to see because in A New Hope, he's in it for only 16 minutes or so. It's Vader, but it's still, they talk about, uh, there's more of a fear about Vader than maybe what he actually does. The lightsaber fight with Kenobi is, of course, um, not the best of fights, so it does carry some, some emotional weight. And then Empire, you don't, you know, he fights Luke, and that's good, but you don't get to see him in action. 
uh, Jedi too. By that, by the middle of the movie, he's questioning who he is, and he does the big turn. So in Rebels, you get to see Vader cleaning up. In Lords of the Sith and some of the other books and comics, we've seen that. The Vader down storyline in the Darth Vader comic series is great, and you get to see Vader just at the top of his game, at his most evil, at his most pure Sith. It is great stuff. So I'd like to see that, and I think everyone can agree that we'd like to see that on the big screen, and Rogue One is a perfect place to do it. I want it in the third act of the movie. Feel free to pitch me how you want to see Darth Vader in Rogue One using the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. But exciting stuff, man. Rogue One, I I, I still have faith, man. I'm not nervous. These, these reshoots, got it. A lot of stories say it's bad. But I, I got to tell you, I think we're going to be okay. And this stuff, and again, this is probably what the story was designed to do to get us all excited. Um, uh, all We're seeing shots all generally in the same kind of uh, parts of the story, which is something we saw with the Force Awakens uh, promotionals, uh, materials and pictures and all that stuff leading up to the movie. And we thought, ah, there's a lot of things they're not showing us. And in the end, I think they actually kind of showed us everything. We saw Jakku stuff. We saw Starkiller Base stuff. We saw Snow Planet stuff, which was, as we discovered, Starkiller Base stuff. And not a lot of in in space because, well, we didn't get a lot in space in Force Awakens. So uh, we kind of Saw everything we need to see in the teasers and the promotional shots. So maybe maybe Rogue One it takes place entirely on this beach planet and maybe some other locations and, and maybe a little bit of Yavin 4. I don't know. I kind of want to see some space action here. I want to see them go into the Death Star, onto some Imperial cruisers, see some TIE fighters and X-Wings in action, and some Y-Wings. I want to see all that. We got these TIE strikers coming, these new ships. Um, uh, I want to see what's going on there. So Rogue One is still going strong. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Also going strong is Battlefront. Battlefront is going. Have you stopped playing Battlefront? Because I know a lot of people have, and I get it. 
Star Wars Battlefront is a bit of a controversial game because it looks good, but it can be repetitive. It looks good, but there's kind of only so many things you can do with the game. And uh, there's no single-player mode worth anything. And now we hear uh, it was because we were rushed because Force Awakens was coming out. And I get it. But the down download content, the downloadable content, the DLCs for your kids who play the games... Um, it's increasingly gotten better, and it's added to the game. The Outer Rim stuff I loved. I personally really like it. I've heard some stuff, some people not liking it, but hey, I loved it, and it brought some new stuff. It brought the hut contracts, which I think were great, and made me use weapons that I wouldn't normally use and kind of create a new challenge for the game. I still want more kind of uh, the uh, missions mode where you and a friend can kind of play side by side. I'd like some additional stuff there. And uh, maybe I know Battlefront 2 is on the way. Maybe that's where we'll get the big single-player combat and all this stuff. But they just released Bespin this week. The trailer for it was great. It revealed that we can play as Lando Calrissian. And it revealed that you can play as Dengar. And not only that you can play as Dengar, but that you can hear Dengar's apparently Cockney accent voice. Not how I imagined Dengar to speak, but I guess that's what we got going on. But then again, you know, we didn't really get a full opportunity to hear Dengar speak in the past. So uh, I'm trying to remember. He was in the Clone Wars. Did he speak? Maybe he had that voice there, but I certainly didn't recognize it. But I definitely recognize it in the game now. Haven't had a chance to play as Dengar and Lando yet, though I certainly have tried. Uh, but I have flown a cloud car, um, both for the Rebels and the Imperials, around Bespin. The Bespin design is great. And much like with the Jabba's Palace stuff on Battlefront, again, uh, we can talk about this being canon and the video game's canon and everything means something now. But what I did like about the Jabba's Palace map is that it kind of, you get a good understanding of what the layout of the palace itself is. And it seems uber Star Wars nerdy, but it's actually cool when you can walk around Jabba's Palace and go, oh, there's like a little bathhouse thing there. There's like a hookah bar here. There's a little antechamber here, some storage facilities. I like it. It's kind of fun just to kind of wander around and kind of see how how things stood and, uh, you know, where the, where the Rancor pit was in relation to uh, the rest of the palace and all that stuff. Same thing with Bespin. I haven't had a chance to fully get into it. I haven't gone down to the carbon freezing area yet, but you get to see Bespin uh, more than you do in Empire, and it and it's a fantastic little place. I got to say... I got to say, a lot of times people, you, we ask these questions on these podcasts, uh, you know, if you had to live in a Star Wars planet or world or city, where would you choose? And everyone, a lot of people go to Naboo and, and Endor and all the happy places. I think Bespin is now climbing on a list of places I'd like to be. Because if you walk around as you're fighting in some of those uh, modes on Bespin, it's it's real large. It's pretty. It's a city that, it, you know, it's floating. And we, we know Bespin's floating from Empire. Um, but again, because we don't get to really spend a lot of time on the surface of that facility. Uh, we're just in hallways and then Luke shows up and we're fighting Vader in the deep, dark pits of Bespin. You don't really get to take it in. And I got to say, it's a pretty little city in the clouds. I think I could be quite happy on Bespin. I I think I would. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to me, me and the ice cream maker man are gonna be wandering around. Bespin quite happy. Maybe become best friends with an Ugnot 
It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, so if you haven't already, I do urge you to give that a chance. If, if you've got the season pass, download it. No one from EA or Star Wars or Disney or Lucasfilm is paying me to tell you this. I'm telling you it's pretty good. It's entertaining. Um, there's still more great things to come. I'm excited to see now what they're doing with the Death Star. I love playing on the Death Star in the earlier Battlefront games from 10 years ago. Uh, it was kind of fun wandering around the, that world and kind of seeing the conference room table and the trash compactor and all that stuff. But now to see it on this scale and how well they do Battlefront now, I'm, I'm even more excited to get get that content uh, later on here in the fall uh, and really get a chance to see uh, what the layout of the Death Star is and roam around in it and play around in it, and it'll be fun. So uh, some cool modes on there. Sabotage is a new mode um, where you got to go take out these power generators and hold an extraction point and all these cool things. So uh, definitely check it out. I'm still having fun playing Battlefront. I hope some of you are too. Going to the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars as we wrap up tonight. Last week, I brought up the point that was uh, kind of revealed uh, very much at the end of the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic series, the five-issue series, that if Anakin had left the Jedi Order as he was thinking of doing in that comic, Obi-Wan would have had to leave as well. That's from Yoda and Obi-Wan in his final scene. It's great. Check it out. And so we talked about that. Now, I thought it was great and added some stakes and maybe uh, maybe created uh, some situations we were unaware of in the Star Wars story of what happens when you take on a Padawan. But a lot of you guys had good theories about that there. Um, and a lot of people were checking in about that. Rester J says, hey, I don't know if I agree with your assessment on Last Spotlight Star Wars about Masters and Pad- Padawans. seemed to me that Obi-Wan leaving with Anakin was a special case because of how powerful Anakin was. Um, and then Dave Donovan at David75 Donovan checks in again says, uh, how come Yoda didn't have to leave when Dooku left the Jedi Order and turned to the dark side? Um, And those are great questions. Hey, let's figure this theory out together. Um, Could it be a special case? Again, we're not going to really know. There's not a sixth issue of this series yet. Um, Sometimes when a big reveal happens in these comics, Saint Solo being the primary example, we kind of throw our hands in the air of, ah, we don't agree with that, or we think it's a thing, and then in the next issue or subsequent issues, uh, nah, she's not really his wife, and blah, blah, blah. So no one was up in arms about this theory, but maybe it ends. It ends right now, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm interpreting it one way, and maybe Rester J is right. Maybe this was a special case that Anakin was what, what they believed to be the chosen one, and so maybe if the chosen one decides to head on out, Maybe Anakin, or excuse me, Obi-Wan has got to head on out, too. That could be it. And uh, to Dave's question about Yoda, how come he didn't have to leave when Dooku left the Jedi Order? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was because he left when he was already a Jedi Knight. Uh, maybe maybe that could be the case. Again, we're talking about Masters and Padawan. So uh, though um, Dooku was his uh, Yoda's Padawan, uh, I think uh, I do know that he left long after um, uh, after the events of Phantom Menace even. So um, that could make sense that, hey, you're out. Once the ship sails out past a certain uh, the port and in a certain distance into the ocean, you're on your own, kid, um, uh, which is fun to consider Yoda would think Dooku was a kid. Um, so maybe that's that's the way. And um, 
And um, so a lot of you guys had questions about that, too. So let's keep discussing that here on uh, Spotlight Star Wars. Um, um, uh, other questions coming in. Uh, Patrick Barman, as always, he's uh, saying hi. He says, what do you think Episode 7 uh, would have been like if another company got it over Disney? You know what, Patrick? I can't imagine a world where another company outside of um, 20th Century Fox do handling the distribution of the film. Uh, I can't imagine that. I don't even know if I want to imagine that. I'm glad Disney got it. Whether or not you fully were on board for The Force Awakens, I think we all can agree that they did it pretty damn well, and I had no fear. And there was people, when the sale happened in 2012, people would text me, are you worried? Are you, they're going to Disney-fy it? And I was never worried they were going to Disney-fy it, because look at the Marvel films. They improved them. And you could still say there's some Disney sheen on those. But I think Disney is smart enough to say, hey, we own the properties. You, our creative team of our choosing, are going to make the movies. So uh, I think Episode one, 7 could have been a little different if Lucas, obviously, uh, was still in charge. I'm still dying to hear or read George Lucas's original vision for Episode 7 and how much it lined up and how different it was. I think that's pretty fascinating. But I still think we would have got uh, a similar kind of Star Wars, um, bring back the old characters, pass on the torch to the new characters. It never would have gone too dark. No no film company would have made a dark Star Wars Episode 7. Um, so, luckily, Patrick, for me, and I say luckily, unfortunately, we never have to know about what Star Wars Episode 7 would have been like without George Lucas and without another company. Or even with just George. Um, we've got uh, Patrick Solaire, Patrick under, uh, underscore Solaire checking in. Said, uh, asked uh, both uh, me here on Spotlight Star Wars and the Force Center crew if you guys talked about the Despecialized trilogy and how obtainable it is now. It's perfect. I've interviewed the creator of this, a guy named Harmy, uh, over at Screen Junkies. He's a fan of us over there, and uh, we had him on our show, the SJU, on Screen Junkies Plus. Great guy, great Star Wars fan, very passionate, and I understand why he did this. Um, I, I myself have not watched the Despecialized trilogy. Um, I think a lot of you understand my stance on um, special edits, uh, fan films that despecialize. It's not a fan film in that same regard. I just kind of, I don't watch them. I don't gravitate to those things. If you guys do, go for it. Go for it. Take it in. Enjoy it. I know Harmy put a lot of energy into it and a lot of in, in, into it, so I'm glad he's getting the respect. Um, I myself uh, haven't, but you know what? Maybe, maybe it's time for uh, Joseph Scrimshaw and I to sit down with Jennifer Landa and maybe we watch some of the Despecialized trilogy and talk about it on Force Center. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we watch it and go, yep, this is perfect. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, to be clear. I'm just, I don't gravitate to that stuff, Patrick. But hey, if you do, you tell me about it, Patrick. Tell me what you guys like about the Despecialized trilogy. As always, you can talk to me on Twitter at Ken Napsuck and follow us and the feed here at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to get into the conversation, and we can talk about all the cool things in the Star Wars universe as we race towards Rogue One, as we uh, keep our excitement levels high for more and more Star Wars things to come. It is, as we always say here on the Force Center Podcast feed, a great time to be a Star Wars fan. So until next time, may that forcing kind of sort of always remain around you.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.